0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor, and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Ivona Podlashinska, a Polish photographer who specializes in children photography. She and I talk about her process, how she makes sure that her models look as natural as possible in her images, her workshops, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Ivona. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Hi, Taya, Thank you so much for having me here. My name is Ivona, and I live in Poland. I photograph children. Sometimes with animals as well. (laughs) I started doing that when somewhere in 2014, started with my own children. And then I slowly evolved to being a photographer. But mostly I concentrate on workshops and tutorials rather than sessions. So this this is my field workshops and tutorials and I still photograph children sometimes my own but um, a lot of times right now children on my workshops and um, sometimes
0: sessions as well (laughs) so yeah yeah it's a wonderful introduction you have such an amazing portfolio I think the listeners if some of them are not familiar with your work they will be astounded by the quality of your images the the storytelling aspect everything and I Really look forward to discussing all of this with you in this conversation.
1: I'm very happy uh, to like to have the opportunity to, to talk about my work. It have, it have been quite a long time since I've been doing some interviews. So especially right now when we, when we have all the COVID, like it's like it's not as bad as it was before. But right now it's a good time for people to listen to podcasts and um, and because I can't travel, it's really nice to have the opportunity to, to to talk to other photographers like that
0: yeah exactly Yeah, it's, it's amazing that we have the internet and we have podcasts like this where we can really connect with photographers and learn from them it's yeah it's, it's an amazing opportunity yeah absolutely I'm um, curious to know what camera equipment you use
1: um, I use Sony and I've always been Sony. Some people ask me like, oh, when when did you switch to Sony? Or like, uh, why did you switch to Sony? I never switched. I always had Sony. Uh, and I have like, oh, because I started with uh, some uh, some crop sensor. Then I had a Sony a7, Sony a7 II, Sony a7 III, and now Sony a7R 3 Usually, I usually go to my sessions with two camera bodies. Right? One is Sony a7 III and the other one is Sony a7R 3 and then I got a bunch of lenses <laughs> and I but um the ones that I like the most are a one thirty-five um by sigma at the moment, but, but I used to use a uh, size lens. Then I have eighty-five by Sony, which is also a great lens, eighty-five one point four from Sony. Then I have a Sigma fifty, um have a Sigma twenty twenty millimeter lens. Those are all right now, but I I just wanted to buy a 35, which I didn't have so far. But I just noticed that it gives a little more dynamic look that I was looking for in my photos. So I'm thinking of getting that one maybe in in the nearest future.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that you use the 135 millimeter lens quite a bit because of that really, really soft blur in the backgrounds that's created. I think that effect really contributes to the... The magical atmosphere in your images so i can imagine that's probably one of your favorite lenses right um yeah it's like a go-to lens for
1: sessions and workshops but if i'm working with my own kids i prefer the 85 because it doesn't create that much of a distance between me and, and children and if, you, if, you, if you're if working with your own kids and you don't have anyone else to help you with, you need to communicate more than I prefer the 85. Uh, but on workshops, when I have like, and I'm not shooting with my own children, I have parents of those kids with me, then I like the, the 135, so I can have a little more, little more distance. And I feel like having a l- larger distance, especially if those are not your own children, doesn't intimidate the kids so much so they can actually act um mm-hmm. like be kind of more relaxed maybe and just play
0: yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's a good tip in general for people who are starting out in portrait maybe in children photography as well because yeah children could potentially feel intimidated by a lens that's really close to their face especially uh-huh. if the photographer is a stranger so it might help to create distance, for sure. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> All right, <laughs> so I'm happy to be telling you something that, <laughs> that you are interested uh, in, and like, there are a couple of things that I feel like. Other the, the other thing is uh, using the use of flashlights uh, because they like, they blink kind of like you know, <laughs> uh, and um, if you're trying to have this children in a really relaxed way like looking outside the window maybe a drawing uh, on a piece of paper maybe kind of like concentrated like with anything basically anything that flash can be a little distracting like not a little quite a lot distracting so i prefer using continuous lights like if it's possible of course it's natural light but if it's now, not possible or my idea for the photo is um, different that I might use a continuous like video light any kind just to have the the kids kind of again relaxed not uh distracted by by the fla- by flash and other things uh, other things also go together with uh with that so also my behavior with the kids so I don't uh scream shout jump around and so on i try to talk with my soft voice so this is what you have here this is a book you can draw a little uh, drawing for your mommy and so on so my, my soft voice and everything goes together to creating the atmosphere so then in the end and you have a photo of a child which is really uh, it looks relaxed <laughs> on a photo
0: Yeah, yeah. All of your images, all of your models and your photos look very relaxed. And I'm often surprised because, I mean, it seems like they're posed, but it's also natural at the same time. But I know for a fact you don't ask your models to pose for you. So it's all natural, which is amazing. And that is a result of you being calm with them and patient and giving them opportunities to get distracted.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if I say that don't pose, I do have, like, ask them to, like, uh, sit here or sit there. But if they say no, like, I don't want to sit over there. I don't want to go there. So I won't force them to do so. So I do ask them to, to be in a certain place. If they don't want to, then I ask them where they want to be and then kind of try to adjust myself to the situation. <laughs> uh, but, um, and then I ask them, like, certain, things like you can play with your car or you can look outside the window can you tell me how many cars are on the parking lot or something um and uh, and then i just take photos so i i do have them and i kind of like do have a little conversation with them about whatever is going on so they could be interested in in the surrounding or i can um sit them somewhere and ask them to wait. Then, then I usually get that little bored, and it's just like depending on, of course, on the on the child. Some kids are more calm, and they will actually sit down. Some are more energetic, and they would just run around. So you always have to adjust yourself to the situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it takes a lot of patience uh, and uh, effort, and creativity and imagination. Like you have to adjust, as you said, and you have to go with the flow. So, yeah. It's, it's not an easy skill to have. I think it's something that needs to be developed with time.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Like, depending on what your, um, what your background is. Because some, for some people that are used to, like, studio and telling people exactly what to do and, like, control freaks <laughs> having everything under control, that might be difficult. No, but for some people like me, like they I don't actually want to control anything. I, I actually find it fun that I don't control the the situation mm-hmm. completely. Uh, and I like to like, kind of discover uh different opportunities that I have, like from this angle, from this angle, maybe this, maybe that, maybe like this. Uh so when I change I because I'm kind of a person that changes I change my mind all the time. Like I like even if I go to a store to have my shopping for today's dinner like first thing in the morning i will have something planned then i go to the shop and buy something else and in the end i make something else uh so if i like with that approach if i was trying to have like a kind of like control situation it would never work so i guess like it just goes with how i am
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it complements your personality that's great but i'm really uh, curious to know about your beginning as a photographer because before you transitioned into photography you were a full-time architect so i'm curious to know what that transition was like from an architect to a full-time photographer
1: at at the beginning i started just taking photos of my kids and i did not want to go into that as business it was just not my goal Uh, although i do did want to be in the um like a part of a photography community if, if there's something like that so i just wanted to find get in touch with other photographers kind of share what i did and what they did and kind of discuss and and learn from them and maybe uh, inspire them to also so i was kind of like back and forth you know <laughs> type of relationship with other photographers but i did not want to switch into being a, a local photographer because i like I, I enjoyed taking photos of my kids but i did not Thing that I would ever enjoy taking photos of other kids, <laughs> but from some point I did want to like. I wanted to get in touch with photographers, so when they started asking me about like how I did this or how I did that, uh, I quite easily agreed to uh, show them that. And I started with some kind of like Skype sessions. <laughs> that's that's what I that's how I called them. Like there was Skype sessions where we where people would call me on Skype and I would show them how I edited my photos. And after some time, I started giving workshops, like actual stationary workshops uh, at first in Poland. But very, very soon I started traveling and I was still working as an architect full time. Uh, And with me traveling on weekends, coming back to work and basically full time job. And then again, instead of having a weekend, then I was traveling again for a workshop. I was pretty much tired at some point. So I decided to that I wanted to focus only on the workshops because this is like I felt this like my fifteen minutes, alright. So I have uh, the opportunity to to do what I like at the moment, and I'm actually getting paid for that. Uh, so I decided to so I'm gonna just have this like a break in. Uh, um. So I decided to have take a break in my architectural work. Uh, to focus only on on photography and workshops because I felt it was like my 15 minutes uh, that I'm doing something that I like and I'm getting getting paid for that so that was fun and I didn't I didn't say I quit I said I'm taking a break and I never uh finished that break (laughs) yet and it was around like five years ago I think that I focused only on workshops and with time that I figured that all right workshops are great but it's kind of thing as that you do because it, that i kind of like have money because i travel like and i needed some kind of like thing that would just work for me when i'm not traveling so i decided to and again people wanted to some people did not um have the opportunity to come to workshop and i'm wanted to have something online so i started my website and then recording some tutorials so i kind of like it was quite a it wasn't a i didn't feel like i made a huge decision all of that kind of like the point where i said i need a break then one year long it took me one year to finish all the project that i started as an architect right because yeah i couldn't just say to to my clients say like i'm not designing your building anymore i (laughs) could because i they they kind of trusted me so i needed to finish when i started so then again it was quite a soft transition (laughs) for me Mm -hmm. and uh, i would be afraid right now if i didn't uh, i would be quite afraid to go back to architecture because that was uh, that's quite difficult (laughs) thing to do and you need to be very much concentrating to be on uh, up to date with everything that's going on. And because I lost it, then I'm not up to date. Well, I hope that I will be doing what I'm doing right now for years and years ahead. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. That's a very interesting story. Thank you for sharing. And it's good to know that the transition was relatively soft for you, because I imagined it was like a huge life change, but it just came naturally to you. And it's still something that you're doing And that's really amazing. And yeah, I mean, I hope that's encouraging for the listeners as well, because I know there are people out there who do want to become full-time photographers and they're really passionate about it, but they have other kinds of jobs. And I think it might inspire them to hear a story like this, where the transition wasn't super dramatic or life-changing or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's taking that really big step and kind of doing a very sudden change of your lifestyle can can um, end not very well because then you're kind of forced to make money then you start uh doing stuff that you don't really like to to just have money for uh, like you know what i mean like if you're um if you're transitioning to a photographer from another job and then you quit the job and you still need to earn money and then you start doing uh not exactly what you wanted in photography uh, just doing stuff for money and then you I think you can very easily then burn out from the whole the passion that you had for photography, uh, but making it a little softer. So, but, but I have to admit that the last time, like when I was still working as an architect and I was doing my workshops, I did neglect the architecture at that time, and I felt that I'm not doing my best. And this is not what what I how I should be doing that. But I don't, don't spend enough time on this, and I don't put enough passion into that uh, and that I make mistakes that I should not be making because I'm not concentrated on that so that transition was soft but I was uh uh, but it wasn't like I was perfect all the time when everything that I was doing
0: (laughs) yeah that's good to know I mean everybody does trip up sometimes especially when they are transitioning from one career to the next and it was an unpredictable process for you so it makes sense that you had some situations in which you felt you were not maybe contributing everything you could to architecture or to photography or yeah, I think that's normal. It's not something you should beat yourself up for. Um and I think it's something a lot of people can relate to as well. It's something I can personally relate to as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah one one thing you are passionate with and then you do them great but the other things you are just neglecting and uh not doing the best you can and then you're just like ashamed of yourself. <laughs> like when- <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah, no, you done
0: yeah i know you should be ashamed of yourself i mean you ultimately pursued something that you really really love and you do such a good job so if anything you should be proud of yourself
1: yeah i just feel sorry for my clients as an architect. as
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no i understand that i mean you have a conscience that's a good thing right <laughs> yeah
1: i still feel sorry for them like i don't really i don't really want to go over there like i'm just afraid to go over there and check how those buildings turn out
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, i'm sure it wasn't that bad i think you know in our heads we criticize ourselves so much yeah, that things I, I think mistakes. more than yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 we blow things out of proportion and like small problems turn into like huge issues <laughs> disasters you know so <laughs> yeah don't be too hard on yourself But when you got into photography, you taught yourself how to take pictures. And I know a lot of the listeners are also self-taught photographers. So what advice would you give to people who are trying to improve their skills on their own? I think the best,
1: like the thing that really helped me a lot was actually passion for that. And I know not, nothing can be better than that, I think. Because at the time, I was just, every every minute that I had Because I had little kids, you have to remember that. I had a like two or three months old baby. And then I had a one and a half year old toddler at home. And I was like at home when I started, right? Because after um, when the younger one was one year old, then they went to nursery. And then uh, I started and went back to being an architect. But when I was actually starting, I was at home with them. And I was... uh, uh, I didn't have time at all to do anything because you probably can imagine how it is with two little children but I was so passionate about that that I could like whatever they could um, they would pull uh, they've taken up or something or fall asleep in the evening I would just read books watch uh, tutorials and so on so every minute I had usually they tell you that if you are a mother of a um, of a newborn baby you should be taking naps with it so i wasn't taking naps i was just like constantly watching some tutorials and again practicing a lot so because i had my models all the time with me and i was spending a lot of time with them i could practice and practice and practice and they were actually that was the best thing ever because i could take my camera and i used that as an excuse for taking photos i would say like i need to learn this right i need to check this i need to do it myself and see how it works and so on i was like i treated that as an excuse to take photos and i was taking a lot of photos a lot of were really bad and i think this is the best just take a lot of photos don't be afraid to making mistakes because not all of them will be great and sometimes with like you take thousands and thousands of photos and then you find one which is really good and then you're trying to, to again, again take thousands of photos, and then you will find one that you like. And uh, with time, with time, you will have more good photos. Uh, like the uh, the balance between the good and the bad photos will be a little better.
0: That's very good advice because I I've been taking photos for twelve years, and I still take bad photos. I still take good photos. Like it's just it's you will never be able to take perfect photos every time. I think, and that's the of it like that's the fun process of getting to improve your skills all the time and getting to find out about photography in, in my opinion i think it's if you really love photography it's important to enjoy the actual process rather than just worry about the results
1: mm-hmm. yeah when you enjoy spending time with your subjects like if i have kids and i enjoy spending time with kids with uh, with my kids but but then i said because when they grew up a little then I figured that I really like to spend time with like three or four year olds. <laughs> then that's why I get to do this when I I have my um, camera with me. And uh, and then I liked uh, like, I don't know, dogs and animals and I can spend time with them because I take my photos and I think you need to love your subject. Like don't try to take photos of the subject that you don't love. Like if you don't like cars, don't take photos of cars. <laughs>
0: again very very good advice yeah you shouldn't feel like you have to photograph something just because it's very popular or because a lot of people say that they like it everyone has their own interests their own passions so just stay true to what you personally love it's a great advice mm-hmm.
1: so if you don't like people don't take photos of people
0: <laughs> start taking some still later <laughs> yes exactly yeah experiment with different things i think that's the best way to find your ultimate you know passion and it could be multiple things right You like photographing children and animals as well, so it's it's normal to have multiple interests as well. So
1: yeah, Yeah, I I also like still still nature, but I'm like I don't think I'm really good with it at it. No, I like doing that, but I don't think like I'm the best. But I still like it. So sometimes I would just take photos of uh, try to arrange something on the table and take different angles of that, and just for myself, not for not to show (laughs) show anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. The most important thing is that you enjoy it at the end of the day. If you enjoy it, then that's all that matters to mm-hmm. you as a photographer. So, yeah, that's really good advice and good to know that. I really love the way that you edit your photographs. How would you describe your editing style and how long does it take you to develop a style that you were happy with?
1: Oh, um, I did. I remember that quite a lot of experimenting at the beginning. I started with, um, I started learning with uh, on youtube on tutorials of flern but Flearn at the time was um, not what is right now i it was a couple of years ago and it was much simpler i guess there were other videos and i just like enjoyed watching them and so then naturally i started with photoshop and then i remember i was quite over editing showing my husband and he was saying like uh, And I was like, yeah, but I just learned, you know, (laughs) I need to figure out what those tools do and so on. And then I had uh, another, and then I switched to basically doing uh, no editing at all. Then I started doing some Lightroom editing. And and soon I discovered that I actually prefer Lightroom editing, uh, not like Photoshop work. And and slowly kind of started... um, And also I was like, sometimes you hear or you read some kind of tips and some tips just speak to you and some don't. And it was like, I remember a couple of couple of tips that I heard and it's like, Oh yeah, that's it. Right. This is what I, what I really like. And, um, and I started kind of getting that tip into life. And it was like the most important things that there were was that, uh, People tend to look at brighter objects first, uh, at more colorful objects first, and at uh, like more detailed, like when you have a lot of detail. And I was like, this is a kind of like my like statement. <laughs> I know I was like, uh, it's my uh, like if I if I had something to write on my on the on my wall uh, to look at when I'm editing, this is it. So this is my uh, like. A, editing religion or something Uh, and then everything else was kind of built around it so then i just started learning for uh, lightroom on my own kind of discovering what those uh, filters do what those tools do how they work and so on and how i could use them sometimes i would see something on someone else's head and thinking like "Hmm, how that could be done and i did not did not want to know exactly what those people did i just enjoyed the process of discovering things myself
0: mm-hmm. um, did I have a question at all <laughs> absolutely you answered the question beautifully and I really like what you said about finding tips and tricks that speak to you because a lot of photographers and I can relate to this when I was a beginner I really wanted to achieve a certain kind of look when I was editing my pictures and I didn't know how to achieve it and I felt like I wasn't like I didn't have a style or a taste because I was so new to photography but in reality I think each and every one of us already has a certain style we just need to develop it and so if yes. something speaks to you then it means that you need to find out more about that because that's closer to your style and yeah I mean that's it's fantastic advice for me thank you for sharing that
1: And then I like what you said is absolutely true that everyone has its own style and they, people don't even know about this and I I discovered that every time when I do my workshop and with them a lot of people like me and like uh, 10 other photographers take photos of the same exact scene and then and then we edit that together on a workshop where i tell them like how, like what to do and in the end all the photos seem a little different because mm-hmm. everyone's got a little something different i don't know just they just took a little different angle maybe and again and when they posted online when they had a little time on their own with the photos, so they could again add something from themselves then you end up with a bunch of completely different photos very rarely those photos look really similar to mine everyone's got their own mm, style and everybody does similar like those are similar things but people do it like everybody does it their own way
0: yeah that's really uplifting to know but especially during a workshop when you are photographing the same thing that many other people are photographing at the same time i guess it can be intimidating for a beginner to be like oh no will i get the same results but i want my own style but in reality as you said at the end of the day each and every each and every single photographer will have their own unique mm-hmm. tip yeah, on I, can,
1: I can, again I can, I can tell you how i do my stuff but it's like you can take bits bits from that you won't take everything because that won't be like natural to you i think even people even pe- people come to like one-to-one and they say like they want exactly the same style they will never end up with this, exactly the same style because they will always add something from themselves and they always like different colors and color the color combination they will add like different like approach it, especially when we're taking photos uh, people have have a uh, certain distance if they, even if they have the same lens some people like to have be really close and take we really, really like um, tight portraits and some people like to step away and have a lot of uh, stuff in, in their frame and you can not can't tell either neither uh, of them that they are doing a, something wrong they are doing everything right just have like they just have they just see the world this way um so it's great right that everybody's different. <laughs> there are now t- two the same people in the world.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. It's uplifting. Yeah. And storytelling plays a very important role in your work. If someone wants to get better at telling stories through their photos, what should they do?
1: Yeah, uh, like I remember that I had because I have this presentation on my works my workshops where I like in a theory part. And then whenever I would the storytelling would pop up, that I would say that storytelling is a combination between the pose the props and the background so if those three things kind of go together some way then you will create a story in the end Um, so whenever you have your background chosen think about the prop that would kind of work with it so you have a road try to think about whatever could be going on on the road someone might be walking maybe carrying something maybe riding a bike maybe running maybe um again walking with a dog so just try to think about uh, what you do you need with that background and then um then kind of try to talk to your model to follow your thought like if you bring a bike ask them to ride the bike take the bike um, whatever like just think about the combination between the background the pose and the prop
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's great advice yeah i mean things have to work in harmony together and if you have a story that you want to tell already then you can use all those things to just express yourself through your work i think that's such a magical thing and i also think that requires patience and, and practice
1: okay and uh and again i'm just trying to uh um emphasize the 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 use of props because those things like little things that you bring bring with you that you find somewhere around you may make a huge difference in your photos just like ask the child to hold something um take a little scarf with you um pack those binoculars to your photography bag so you can give them to the child when you're on the shooting scene I usually go to the shootings with a big cart. <laughs> like when that kind of like when i pull a cart with lots of stuff there
0: that's really nice i mean that's exciting for the children as well because they have all these toys they can play around with and then you have so many opportunities to take photographs that are different
1: yeah, then I do like, do you like the steady bear or you don't like the teddy bear? Okay. So do you like those binoculars? Uh, I was like, yeah, I like those binoculars and they, they can play with it. So after some time, I change it to a plane and then I change it to something. And then so I end up with a bunch of different photos, different poses, and the kids actually enjoying the time. Uh, and then it allows me to tell a little story with that because that those props usually make think, people think of a certain
0: either emotions or, or, Actions, there. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't underestimate the power of props, even small ones. And I can share my own story about using props, like in portrait photography and self-portrait photography. You're right. So props make such a huge difference. I mean, even just holding a branch or even wearing sunglasses, it adds depth and it tells a story. And yeah, it's it's absolutely magical and it's an amazing way to elevate your work. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's best, like, if you can if you just walk around the place that you are in because i find myself in different places to uh, to take photos and then i just pick up the stuff that i that it's that there is around you I could say a branch like i maybe a stick that you found somewhere on the ground it can be a prop but it can be anything that you just found around wherever you are sometimes it's uh, like with kids that can be a snail or a frog that you find um <laughs> like on a meadow or somewhere uh, it can be a stick uh, and you can bring something with you as well and all those things just make a huge difference. Uh, but it doesn't have to be very something very special. So don't feel like you need to shop for props. You just need to uh, be creative with whatever you find around
0: you. That's right. That's fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, well, I have one more question for you. What is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world?
1: Oh, then I was like, I had the questions from you. And I was like, hmm, oh, that's a different question and i always wished that the photos that i took already are not the photos that my best best photos ever you know what i mean like that i did not take my best photo yet Mm -hmm. and this is my like this is my wish (laughs) and this is my hope uh, that i will continue to grow and this is that i did not achieve my
0: best yet Mm -hmm. yes i completely understand that and i think most photographers can relate to this. I'm one of them. I mean, I also worry. I'm like, have I already taken my best photos? <laughs>
1: yeah, You don't want to be on the, that downhill uh, uh, way. <laughs> you just want to be going up all the time.
0: Uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a normal fear. It's a very rational fear. And your goal is really beautiful. And I am sure that you will continue reaching it over and over again, because I mean, based on what I've seen, in your portfolio your photos keep on getting better and better so i wish you the very best with your journey and i really look forward to seeing all the photos you take in the future
1: no thank you so much you are so sweet um i really hope that those photos will turn better and better and uh, yeah and um, what i okay, what, what else can i say about this like um i've had some time that i was nuts i think we all need sometimes a little break from photography because because then once you uh you can lead to burning out quite soon if you're trying too hard and too too much and i felt like i was taking a little break last month but i'm coming back and i will be uh i'm traveling to sweden next week i think and i will be doing some christmas themed for uh, shoot uh, during a workshop that I think is already full, but maybe there may be a one spot left for one Swedish person that would like to join on. Uh, and uh, I'm excited and, and I think that it is like you have to be excited by the next shoot that is coming if you're tired with it then you need a break you need to be excited
0: with it all the time yes yes i agree with you yeah there's nothing wrong with needing to take breaks there's nothing wrong with being tired i mean we all have our lives our personal lives we have children we have uh, obligations so it's normal to feel tired from time to time but yeah christmas themed photo shoot sounds incredibly exciting and i think you'll take amazing photos in sweden I hope so. <laughs> I know so. Well, thank you so much for your time. I had so no, much. I said,
1: I hope you so sorry. <laughs> I didn't say I know so. That would be, I would sound very. <laughs> no, no, I know so. I know so. You know, all so, right. <laughs> so I felt like, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, didn't want to, to to feel like I was being so. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Well, thank you so much for your time. I found out so much about your work thanks to your stories. And i am it's always a pleasure to talk to photographers because you just see their work online and you don't really hear their voices or see their faces or really know them. So through these interviews, I'm able to really get to know someone and share their story with the world. And I'm really grateful that you opened up and shared so many tricks. So thank you for your time. And I wish you the very best with your photography journey, as I said.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that talk to you. and You are a really sweet and, and lovely person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Ivana's work is absolutely astounding and she has such an amazing approach to photography in general. I hope you learned a lot from this interview and I hope you continue to pursue and develop your style that is unique to you and that is incomparable. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.